Welcome back to Podcasts for Movie Minds. One of my favorite films of 2016 was 20th Century Women. I'm a sucker for those social cultural concept pictures that have a big cast and all of them have issues. They always transport me back to my youth. Lady Bird is cut from the same celluloid and although it doesn't take me all the way back to my boyhood, it does come close. The problem for me is I never came of age, so when I see all these coming-of-age films and identify with just about everything in them, I'm very confused. But I digress. Greta Gerwig played Appy in 20th Century Women. She took it upon herself to explain to Jamie, the young son of Dorothea, Annette Benning's character, some of the basic facts of life. Of course she did that from a girl's point of view. That guy was pretty lucky. In Lady Bird, we have Greta Gerwig once again, but this time as writer-director. Her protagonist is Christine Lady Bird McPherson, Saroni's Ronin, who feels trapped in her Catholic sacramental high school, lives on the wrong side of the tracks, has her attitude set on attending college far, far away. Lady Bird is the name bestowed on her by herself. Her best friend and ruiner of dreams is, of course, her mother, Marion, played by Laurie Metcalf. The film opens with them lying side by side in the same bed. There's an amazing scene early on in a car, listening to the last few sentences of Grapes of Wrath. They listening via book on tape. After it's over, both cry. But not moments later, they're discussing colleges, and when Lady Bird indicates she wants to get out of California, her mother has a fit. Lady Bird abruptly ends the discussion by opening the car door and jumping out while traveling at a high rate of speed. That explains the pink forearm cast she sports for the next quarter of the film. And that's how this film is unpacked. Again and again, we get snapshots of the story, as if one is turning pages of a book. But it's right there on the screen, one scene after another, and it adds up to a terrific little movie. We've seen this technique before, but seldom is it done with such skill and with so many characters that move in and out of Lady Bird's life, whether she likes it or not. We see the usual high school drama, wishing they look like other girls, wondering what it takes to be cool, and hoping the boys will choose them. Ms. Gerwig extends it to the neighborhoods and even the homes. Lady Bird sees her dream home and wishes she could live there. Later on, she's escorted right to the front door by a bright young boy, Danny, played by Lucas Hedges, who is bringing her to his grandmother's house for Thanksgiving dinner. Lady Bird was the miracle baby her mother thought she'd never have. As a result, she has an adopted brother, Miguel. As we think he's adopted, the story doesn't dwell on it. Miguel has a wife, and some things are just a little bit askew like that in a good way. Lady Bird's father, Larry, Tracy Letts, is an engineer type in a company that's failing, and her mother works at the hospital in some sort of psychological help role. Ms. Gerwig doesn't feel compelled to tell us everything, which is how it is in real life, and I'm fine with that. Her father seems to get her, and supports her big dreams of attending college on the East Coast. Despite the friction with her mother, they still manage to have conversations that only a daughter and mother can have. Like, when is the right time to have sex? Which, of course, was brought up after Lady Bird loses her virginity to one of the school's bad boys, who smokes his own hand-rolled cigarettes and is trying to opt out of the economy. Just as with the particles of visuals, we get fragments of music to go along with them in John Bryan's soundtrack. 23 individual compositions ranging from 17 seconds to the closing track, which is 5 minutes and 10 seconds. I love the looping, the 
jigsaw approach he has taken to the film. Fits Lady Bird perfectly, mostly slow, sad, brooding, with moments of reflection. My kind of score. We can identify with wanting to get out of Sacramento. Everyone wants to leave their hometown at some time, but there are gaps in the story. The religious school choice doesn't really show up anywhere else in the film, especially not in the family scenes. Her situation is not great, but it's not dire. She has friends and she makes new ones. We're wondering if this is just a normal teen angst picture. The film has been nominated by four Golden Globes, including Miss Ronan as Lady Bird for the Best Actress. She carries this film from cut to cut. Funny and determined, she sells the eccentricity of the picture with ease, and when called on to make a metamorphosis to adulthood, she makes it look simple and easy and does it just at the right time. I breathe a sigh of relief in the final frames, for throughout the entire film, I worried for her sanity and later on her safety. I cared about this character a lot. Laurie Metcalf as Lady Bird's mother got the best supporting actress nod. It truly is a mother-daughter focused story, as I mentioned. And if it wasn't for Miss Metcalf's strong performance, it might have been passed over for Best Musical or Comedy nomination. Miss Gerwig took the fourth one for Best Screenplay, but was denied Best Director recognition. It's tough to get both, but I think the strongest of the two properly won out. It's refreshing to see a picture with young people not constantly on cell phones, where things are slowed down and we see lives played out in human time instead of social media time. It's a real cinema experience.